Foul evil to the right hand. Puts her down. He's going to dump him hard to the ice. Brady Leopold just loves to fight. Ladies and gentlemen. My dream of being a professional hockey player became a reality, but it was all taken away from me in a very short period of time. For many years, hockey was my outlet. Hockey was my drug. When I had a stick in my hand, nothing else mattered. I was able to break into the Western Hockey League in 2004, and I even won the Swift Current Broncos Rookie of the Year. During the summer of my rookie year, I experimented with drugs for the first time. After just seven games in my sophomore season, I walked away from the Swift Current Broncos due to personal reasons. Nobody knew I had been sexually abused at the age of five. I did everything to hide it from everybody, but I just couldn't take it. Drugs and alcohol now took over my life. I did return to the Swift Current Broncos as a 19-year-old, but things were never the same. I was eventually traded to the Kelowna Rockets in my final year of junior where I got to play on a line with the Dallas Stars captain, Jamie Benn, and one of my best friends, the extremely talented Colin Long. It was by far my best season ever, and I even signed with the Tampa Bay Lightning's organization. A dream come true, right? That's when everything went wrong. First it was the cocaine, then came the Oxycontin, and that led me into a 12-year journey into the deepest pits of hell. Within two years, I had now made the switch to heroin, fentanyl, and everything in between, and I was now an intravenous drug user. Multiple suicide attempts and over five trips to the psych ward, I was a shadow of who I once was. By 2014, I was homeless on Hastings in Vancouver, the worst street in North America. By 2015, I was a wanted criminal, making the Crime Stopper headlines more than once. After spending three years in jail, I had completely given up. With nowhere to turn and nowhere to go, I finally started to get honest. I took a chance and made some major changes. This is my story. 10-1-9-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-
at Minor League Madness. And also on that call uh, was Tyler Smith, uh, Humboldt Broncos uh, bus crash survivor, friend of mine. Uh, so Minor League Madness, Tyler Smith, and myself and Puck Support uh, have combined forces, uh, and we are now providing outside support for the entire PHPA. Any present, past player, you now have access to somebody to talk to 24 hours a day, seven days a week, confidential. Reach out. It's going to be announced on Monday. I'm super excited about that because when I started all of this, the dream for puck support was just that providing support and outlet for players. And it's since grown, but that is a, a huge step in the right direction. Uh, Braden and the guys at minor league madness, uh, two of them are playing currently in the American hockey league. Braden's in the East coast hockey league. They've gotten access to over 9,000 emails um, that we can uh, make contact to with players who have come through the PHPA um, at different times over the last few years. So that's really cool. Uh, I'm excited about that. Um, I'm going to get to some things at the end. I want to bring in my guest here. But before we do that, we'll hear from uh, Regan Bartel and Team Issue. Hi there, it's Regan Bartell, the play-by-play voice of the Kelowna Rockets, Brady Leopold's biggest fan. Team Issued is connecting all walks of life. Team Issued does this by recreating that special feeling of being a part of something bigger. A community for all striving towards the same goal. Teamissued.ca, promo code TOEDRAG15 for 15% off. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, gives me shivers every time I hear that guy's voice. I only played there for one season, but love that guy. When I was in treatment, I've shared this before. When I was in treatment in Kelowna, the one time that I went to treatment in Kelowna, Regan came over and took me out. He took me to church. He took me for lunch uh, and just was an extremely kind human being and always has been. So thank you, Regan. Check out Team Issue. Um, anyways, guys, we're going to get right into this episode this guy is a, a former Medicine Hat Tiger. As I talked about, he was drafted in 2006 in the seventh round, 189th overall by the Columbus Blue Jackets by my friend Doug McLean, who sent me a text earlier, by the way, um, saying Derek's a great kid, uh, late draft, great career. I think those were his words. Mac is a pretty short guy, but a huge fan of uh, Derek Dorsett. This guy had... I counted 200, but that wasn't preseason. 200 fights, 105 of them, 105 of them coming in the NHL. And he didn't just fight like, you know, nobody he was fighting anybody and everybody. We're going to talk about that. I want to see how things were for him while going through junior and just an unbelievable story. And I got tons of stories that he's never heard. Um, and this, him and I really have not talked prior to this, except for like two minutes ago. So without further ado, originally from the great town of Kindersley, Saskatchewan, my former rival, longtime NHLer, now retired, Derek Dorset. Doris, what's going on? Thanks for having me. Hey, man, thanks for doing this. This is a, a huge pleasure and a great honor um, and something that I've really been looking forward to and hoping because you're a hard guy to track down, man. Like you're not really on social media and uh, and everything else. And I think I wanted to maybe prove myself a little bit before reaching out to you. But you've been so kind um, and, and just generous to for your time. And I know you're busy. Three kids, the wife, player development for Columbus. We're going to hear all about it, but thank you, man. I'm so excited you're here. And I know a lot of people, this is a live show. There's people watching that are also very excited that you're here. So thank you, man. You know, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. 
Yeah. So I want to, I want to like dive into your hockey career because you weren't drafted to the dub, right? Like you didn't, you didn't get drafted. You were a list, you were a list by the Medicine Hat Tigers. You played your midget AAA hockey for the Swift Current Legionnaires, um, right? Or at least your last yeah. year. And so I wanted to share this story with you earlier, but I'm sharing it because it was just, it always stuck with me. And I remember I was playing with a guy by the name of Mike Hangan. He was my best friend on the team. And uh, we were in this one, uh, it was, I guess it was called like, the LAC room because we were doing correspondence classes. And there was this one teacher, Mrs. Martin. And she, okay, listen, she, we kind of gave her a hard time. And she was not having any of it. And she was like trying to put her foot down. And she's like, I'm not doing this again this year. She's like, hockey player. She's like, I had Derek Dorsett in here. He was telling me that he's going to the NHL and blah, blah, blah. And I remember like hearing that at 17. And I was like, wow, like this guy's, and regardless of, you know, your kid, I'm just, the, the point is, is like at that time in your life, you were undrafted, you're playing for the Legionnaires. And you're telling people that you're going to the NHL and that's the first step, right? Like you got to believe in yourself. So I wanted to share that with you. And we went on to, to go on and she's, we, we've talked since then and, and followed you obviously. And we laugh about it now. It's funny. Right. But I wanted to, to share that with you. So um, tell me a little bit about your, your time in Swift and the transition into, into junior hockey um, uh, and kind of what that was like for you being undrafted, because it, we, we know it's, it's a little bit harder. You're behind the eight ball. Yeah, I mean, it it was a journey even just to get to Swift Current. Like I, you know, I I was I was I was playing my last year midget in in Swift Current. So I was, you know, sixteen years old. You know, I got the late birthday, December twentieth, and you know, I had been cut from every AAA team in Saskatchewan. You know, I, I you know, I I thought I had a, a guaranteed spot in New York, and when I went to camp and. I went to camp and I fought four times and that's when fighting was still in minor hockey. And I, I fought four times in, in Mallard camp and, you know, Sunday rolled around and they put up the lineup for the black and orange game. And my name wasn't on it, but there was a, still a few spots left and there's games in the morning. So I'm like, Oh, they just want me to play, you know, the morning game, I'll play black and orange and, you know, I'll be staying here type thing. And I remember, uh, I played the morning game, got in a fight in the morning game, was playing pretty good, I thought, you know, and they, they'd kind of guaranteed me a spot. And I remember the coach came in after that morning game and, and cut the entire team at once, just walked in and cut the entire team. And I was like, oh, my God, like this guy told me, you know, a month ago that I was going to be on this team. And, you know, there was two camps left and it was uh, Swift Current and Moose Jaw. And so... I went to Mushda, Mushda liked me, and then I went, I, I went to Swift Current, and uh, the only reason I went to Swift Current was a guy named Sam Sarson. Um, his his son, Scott Sarson, was playing in, in Kinnersley, my hometown, in the SJHL, and I went there, and they said, you know what, we'll keep you as the extra forward. And and I've been I've been cut the, my whole life. I was always, you know, the, the guy that was late, and late bloomer, late one to get, you know, picked, and... Um, you know, I ended up being probably, I think, fourth in, in the league in scoring, all-star game MVP, you know, and, you know, that's when my, my career kind of just took off, you know, and I, I was 17 at that time. And then, um, you know, I got listed by the Red Deer Rebels and, you know, went to camp there and, uh, you know, uh, Brent Sutter wouldn't um, guarantee me any school package and whatnot and, and at the end of my swift current year i went and played in sj with kinnersey in my hometown and we went to the all the way to the Rubbing cup finals and 
and then I was drafted by the Green Bay Gamblers of the USHL. And I was starting to get a lot of attention from schools from what I did in the Midget Triple A League. You know, the, the, the Saskatchewan Midget Triple A League is probably was at the time probably the best Triple A League in the, in the I, country. I had, I had never seen, Doris, just to cut you off there, I had never seen anything like it. Like, I, yeah. I'm coming from BC at the time, like when I came to Swift first, I, we had nothing like that. We didn't have mm-hmm. guys from all over Saskatchewan playing here, playing there. It was like, I couldn't believe how far ahead they were, and the hockey was. Like you guys, would any one of those teams in that league would have came out west and, and crushed like ninety eight percent of the teams out there? Just to let you know, but yeah, just sorry to well, cut that's, you off. And that's why that Mac, the Max tournament in Calgary, you know, Christmas time. You know, that's why they let. I think at the time they were letting six, six, the top six Saskatchewan mid Triple A teams into that 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 tournament right. because it was you know we were you know all top six were going to be good teams and, um, but yeah, no, and then you know I I would ended up you know not go, not going to red deer and or i went to red deer camp and then brent wouldn't you know send me to school package and then i decided to to go back home to my, the sjhl in my hometown and um red deer dropped me and medicine hat picked me up and the rest is kind of history and then you know i played as an 18 year old rookie in 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 the whl which you know isn't isn't the easiest thing to do so yeah. but you know it, it it all happened fast and that's you know when i talk to kids nowadays it's you know it, you don't know when it's going to turn for you and and you know i i truly believed in it and like you know the story with the teacher like you know i probably said that and i was probably being sarcastic somewhat but you know i, I think I, I did believe it at the time you know um but you know it, you know it happened quickly you know i was eight, 18 playing in the western league and 21 playing in the nhl you know and and undrafted the western league and then obviously drafted in the seventh round in in the nhl and that and that was i mean you have a late birthday um but still i guess that was your first year of eligibility you got drafted at 18 right i got drafted as as 19 yeah right you were yeah you but you led the you led the league in pims like your first year i'm fairly certain like yeah i've i I think i actually think i did and i only like i got i didn't get to medicine hat until i want to say like third week of november so i the season was already on 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 the go and i think i ended up having like 189 penalty minutes that year or something but no 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 two try 279 but i got that, it right that was my that was my that was my second oh year. oh yeah yeah yeah. no oh sorry oh four oh five that yeah. that was the year that was my first year in the league yeah. too and we were in the we were in the same division right like yeah and i just want to backtrack there because red deer was also in that division they must have sutter you must have loved i didn't know that i had oh, yeah. no idea ever that you were part of red deer and then you're yeah. in the division and you must have just stuck it to them time well, and time and time again we beat we beat them we beat them in uh the playoffs every every year that i that i was there so in the first in the first round and, and a couple over set game sevens and you know a, a lot of them i had uh you know i you know the first first one that's when dion Phaneuf was there and i i just ran dion Phaneuf every single game and, and he couldn't even think you know and when he got on the ice it was it was it was a good it was a good war between me and red deer and medicine hat and red deer no kidding. And that was uh, that was a fun year to play in the dub because of the lockout, right? We had a lot of good players in the league. I don't know if you remember playing in Calgary, but they were like selling out like junior hockey games. Well, it was wild. Well, and that's so that's that's actually how I ended up in the Western Hockey League. To be honest, with you. I was I was set on going to school, and then Madison I came, you know, knocking, and I was I was dominating the SJHL that that year, and I had all sorts of school 
you know, scholarships, not that I was the best student and never could have got through clearinghouse or would have got a good enough SAT score. But, you know, I had a lot of options in the school and, and my dad basically just said, hey, if you if you want to prove that you can play a pro game, you got to go to the Western League. It's the year of the lockout. All the NHL GMs and scouts and presidents, they got nothing to do. You know, they're waiting for the season to start. You got to go play in the Western Hockey League. All the scout, all the scouts are going to be in the building, you know, so that's that's kind of where I got my first exposure. And then and the playoffs really set me apart. And, um, you know, the the two years we played against Calgary, you know, we were like, I think the the first year they my first year there Calgary was like number two in the country and we might have been like number four or five in the country and then my following year the second year we were like number one in the country and they were number two or three so like you go into the saddle dome and there'd be 19,000 18 five or whatever the saddle dome holds it was and and you know the first year they were Sportsnet was picking up all the junior games because yeah. there's no NHL games. So it was, yeah. it was, uh, it was, the exposure was unbelievable and the atmosphere was just, just awesome. Yeah. It was, uh, it was, it was, it was really cool. It was a neat experience just for me to even reflect back on it. And, and you don't, for me, I mean, you went on to, to play in the NHL for like 10 seasons. So, but, uh, you know, reflecting back and just realizing, you know, we're kids at that time and look at all these people coming to watch these teenagers. And, you know, I thought I was so grown up back then, man, did I have a lot to learn. Right. But, um, such a, such a unique experience, a great advice by your dad. Cause I, you know, certainly back then, um, I'm, you know, I, people have their opinions on the USHL, the dub, this, that, what's better now, you know, all of this, but there was no question back then when we were yeah. playing in the dub, it was the hardest, toughest league, junior league in the world. Um, yeah. and, and you were, um, one of the guys leading the way. And so I, I want to ask you, cause like, I see your stats, you're, you're telling me you're fighting in minor hockey. You're not a big guy. You're like my size. We're like, you know, you're not a big guy. Um, you're what, 5'11", yeah. five ten mate five ten like 185 pounds and and you take on this role of um i'll do anything and i want to just say right there too that it wasn't i look at your numbers and it's like man it's like over a point a game like 250 penalty minutes it's like it's, it's hard to find like th- those players are very few and far between not everybody can do that not everybody can contribute offensively and then go fight the toughest guy on the other team and beat them up. Like that just doesn't happen. So at what point in time did you actually start to like really think like, Hey, fighting is going to be a part of my game or were you just wired that way? And like from day one, I think I was, I think I was wired that way, but I think I also figured it out that, that, you know, that's the way I, I was going to have to prove myself, you know, and, and you know, you, the biggest thing that I, I you always got to be noticed and whether you're scoring yeah. a goal or if you want to, if you want to keep advancing and, and, you know, I, I, I just have that inner competitiveness. I grew up, I got two older brothers and, you know, a lot of cousins and we, it was just we grew up in a, a competitive environment that, you know, everything, you know, turned street hockey turned into a fight, mini sticks turned into a fight, you know, chess games turned into a fight poker games tables would get flipped so it was just i grew up in it and when you're the younger youngest of everyone and and you learn how to you know you you just learn how to defend yourself and and fight and you know i don't think i ever was i don't think anyone ever was like really scared of me to fight me but you know i i could always hold hold my yeah, but you, you, you were tough too. You, yeah, I mean, our fight was pretty good. You, we were both swinging and it was, you know, so 
I mean, you could chuck them, and uh, you know, it was you, you played the game a hard, hard way, just you know, and, and that's why I respected the way you played. And you know, um, I think you, you, if I remember correctly, actually, I know you asked me to fight that game because I was to, it was about six games before playoffs, and I was told absolutely no more fighting the rest of this year. And then when I did, I, and I broke my hand, I, you know, uh, Willie Desjardins was not too happy with me. He was, uh, he was not, he, and my dad was not too pleased either because he well, knew that Will, he knew that Willie told me no more fighting. But it's, it's sometimes it's just you know when when you know like I, I respected the way you played, and you know when when you know sometimes you, when someone asks you, you just get you just got to give them the fight. And, well, listen. I, I appreciate. I've 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 held on to that fight for a long time, Doris. Not gonna lie. Um, but uh, you know, it was a little backstory there. I have the video. I'm gonna play the video too, just for people to watch. And um, I, I don't think I hit you once. It looks like I do, but you hit me so hard, man. And I I wish I, I couldn't get in my old Facebook, but I have pictures from we went to Kootenay after I think back when Kootenay was in the league. My whole face was like yellow, like down here. I looked like I was jaundiced for like a month. But the backstory to why I asked you to fight was because you were just running around crushing everybody like everybody like probably had like three points or something too and dean chanelth he's now with the 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 maple leafs he was the coach yeah. back then. and he went in between periods i think it was like i think it was the third period we fought too man like yeah. i really do it was it was wasn't like early in the game he came it was either on the bench during a timeout or in the dressing room he ripped our entire team was like who the fuck's gonna do something about that door set? All oh, you guys, none of you guys will step up and do it. Blah, 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 ripping everybody. I'm not even gonna name names, but other guys who would fight and were like leaders on our team, they're like, You're not doing it, you're taking it. And I was just like, uh, I didn't say anything. I just went out and I asked you to fight and and uh and I'll play the video. And this and this is what happened in Medicine Hat. I also lost my forefront yeah. team in an exhibition game in Medicine Hat, uh yeah. your first league. Uh, anyways. Yeah. Here's the fight back in, uh, I think this was late 07, just before your guys' Mem Cup run. Yeah. Brian, a toque or something that, uh, <laughs> no, I think when he gave it kind of a cul-de-sac thing where he got hair on the side and, uh, you know, that looked kind of cute, don't you think? Oh, it'd be a little bit different. <laughs> Leobold and Dorset are going to punch it out. Here's Dorset taking a couple of uppercuts, and now he's uh, making some contact with Leobold. But Leobold's standing right in there. He's connecting as well with some good hard rights. Boy, that's a good battle. Leobold and also Derek Dorset swinging and uh, throwing punches at one another. And finally, the linesman get in there and break it up. Both of those guys landed some pretty good punches. Well, it uh, good old Bob Ridley, man. It doesn't get any better than that. His voice, eh? No, he's the best. He's the absolute best, and uh, you know, guy that I keep in contact with, and and you know, was he's just a legend. That guy, he should be in the hockey hall of fame. Absolutely, and I just that that just makes it even uh, for me like cool just to hear his voice and that rink and and all of that. But I'll tell you, man, I that that one punch you threw, and you could see it if you go ever go back and watch it. Um, you can see where your hand is broken, but if you watch closely, you the refs come in, and you're like. I can still remember you're like, no, like you didn't want the refs to come in. You got a broken hand and you're still wanting to go. And I was just like, oh my God, I'm like seeing stars. I'm like, thank you for rescuing me right now. But um, it was a, it was a good tilt. So I didn't know that you broke your hand. The other story here is the last time I think I ever 
first time I ever spoke to you off the ice and the last time I ever spoke to you off the ice prior to tonight was in the lobby in Swift Current. We played each other a week or two later and mm-hmm. and I was in my gitch, whatever, like taping my stick and whatever. And it's like 20 minutes before warm up, and you walk by in a suit and I'm like, what's up doors? You're not playing tonight. And you just held up your hand, whatever hand it was. And you're like, that's from your head, man. Nope. Or something like that. <laughs> I'm like, no way. So then fast forward, um, you guys go on this tremendous run, end up winning the Chanel cup. The mem cup is in Vancouver. I was at every single game that you played in the mem cup. Yeah. And, and on one particular occasion, I was there with my dad. Every time we saw your mom and dad, in the beer garden, they got your jersey on. They got the beer. I think my dad had a beer. I don't remember if my drink. My dad was telling me the story. He's like, "Yeah, we're having beer, whatever, sitting there laughing and whatever." But that mem cop, though, you guys lost. Man, you had yeah. this little must, this little mustache. Yeah. I think every every third per- every third person in the stands had a sign against you. The whole crowd was all over you cheering your name and you were a beast man that was some of the best hockey well, junior hockey i'd ever seen anybody play period the, the, the bachelor why everyone i so hated vancouver was in the in the finals that year we had to scrum and kendall mccarl was fish hooking me and i bit him so i got suspended for biting so the uh so then everyone made these signs you know that's right my butt. yeah so I, I ended up getting in the in the whl finals i got suspended and then he goes game three or four it was game three i bit him and so i suspended four and then it was a two three series two three two series then and uh they actually got up uh three two in the series and then we went back to medicine hat and won the won both won both games back so um but yeah it was uh it was quite the quite the memorial cup that's for sure yeah um it just puzzles me still how you guys can win the league and then play Vancouver in the finals and lose. That's just the Mem Cup, you know, yeah. host whatever. I mean, it could have went either way. Yeah. But that between um, yourself uh, and Milan Lucic, um, though you guys were – that was the best junior hockey still to this day that I've ever seen play yeah. was that game. You you guys were, were good. You were so good. Um, and, you know, kind of your, your playoff run, like you – we're unreal in the playoffs, man. Well, and, and and everyone thought that that whole series was just going to be a just a you know guys were going to throw their sticks on the ice and we were just going to go into the Memorial Cup. But it ended up, I, it, it, I've heard a lot of people that watched WHL for long periods of time to say it was the best WHL final in history. You know, the the, the fog in in double overtime in Medicine Hat where we'd have to the refs would blow the whistle. We had to go out and skate around and guys were so tired and game set, you know, I just sat on the bench. I was exhausted. They'd go out and skate around and get the fog to lift off the ice. And, you know, then we, Brent Bosch ended up scoring it. And when it was, it was a Brandon Bosch. Yeah. Number was, nine, uh, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was so, good. Him and Ennis, man. Ennis was yeah. sick. Yeah. But yeah, like that was, um, yeah, you guys had, had such a good team. You, you got to play with some pretty good players there. Chris Russell, Cam Barker was a stud back then. And a mm-hmm. um, couple other guys you had there. Maybe your first year, Stefan Meyer was was pretty good back there. Darren too. Helm. Darren Helmer, Chris, yeah. Chris he Stevens would never fight team. me, man. He would never uh, fight he, me. Yeah. 
Elmer would never fight me. I wanted to fight him so bad and uh, never did get him. Chris Russell wouldn't wouldn't fight me either. And yeah. I was so mad trying to get him. I finally, I couldn't get him. So I jumped his brother and uh, still to the <laughs> day, they, they both won't talk to me probably because of it, yeah. but whatever. And I got yeah. Brett, I jumped Brett Setter too because he wouldn't fight me. But I, those are pretty much the only players I ever jumped. And going back to Kendall McArdle, that's a guy that I grew up playing against my entire life. And me and him had some major feuds where, you know, called into like the minor hockey league office for disciplinary action at yeah. 11 year old type deal so i i feel you on that one for yeah. sure man it's, it's just yeah. too funny so tell me um tell me about leaving junior and going into pro and and what that was like and before you answer i know you met a guy very early on by the name of zen and kanopka i did the same in norfolk and he was like you know he met me and he's like i doorstep last year or two years ago he's like i'm gonna you know, do the same thing with you. And, and, you know, there's two guys that have given me concussions, like hit me harder than, and it's you and it's Kanopka and Kanopka hit me in warm up. I don't know if you remember, he used to do this thing where he would come by and see if you were ready and hit you in the line. Oh, yeah, yeah. No idea. First game in the American league, no bucket, chewing gum, stand there, buddy blows me up, rings my head off the glass. He's like, Are you ready kid? And I'm like, <laughs> Whoa, man, like you just got sent down and, and everything. So, so tell me about that experience and, and just like the game of pro hockey and, and all of that. Yeah. I mean, it, obviously it's, it's a big step, right. And, you know, you drafted and then you come to camp and then, you know, I, I ended up breaking my leg. So I started the season late in, in Syracuse. I, I missed the first six weeks of the season because I, I broke my leg in, in main camp. And then, you know, obviously we had a, we had a really tough team. We had, me, Zenon Kanopka, Tommy Sestito, John Nasty Morasti, Jeff Swell. He's, he's been on the show. Nasty yeah. has been on the show. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we 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 were like, I mean, we had I, I think I think I paid like seventy five hundred. I made forty five thousand dollars my in the American League that year, and I think I paid like seventy five hundred dollars in fines. Like it was like I, I I went home and worked for my dad's oil company in in the in the summertime that that summer to to pay for some of the fines. But it was it just you know. It, it was wild. Zenit Kanopka was an unbelievable leader. He was a guy that drug everyone into the fight. And, you know, I have nothing but respect for the way that guy played. And uh, that guy, he put a lot of hard miles on him. I have stories for days on Z. Like, we'd, we'd have Royal Rumble. Like, we on the bus trips, Z would bring, like, an old Royal Rumble video. And we'd draw names out of the hat of who, you know, who the character is. Or, you know, Brett the Hitman Hart or, you know whoever uh, you know stone cold steve austin and you know you get your number and then once they you know we'd play play the dvd or the vhs on the bus and it would it would come flying you know if St stone cold steve austin was coming in and if that was me i'd have to come down the aisle and then, and then it was a full-on royal rumble at the back of the bus and it was it was like we're going down the highway and the bus is going sideways and it was it was a lot i mean it was a lot of fun but I, you know i think I think that year I played like 62 games in, in the AHL. And I think I had like 34 majors or something. It was, it was a daunting, daunting season, but I, I wanted to get recognized. And, and Z was one of the guys that said, Hey, if you're not on the score sheet with an assist or a goal, you know, or, or a penalty or a bunch of hits, yeah, you got, you got to fight. You got, you, you want, you want the scout leaving the, the rink with, you know, a note of, of you, whether you did a fight or just being noticed, you know, and, and, you know, I, I took that to heart and, you know, you know, it was, it was a lot of fun that year. One of my funnest, 
funnest years of hockey for sure. Yeah. Uh, I, I heard you also say it's a daunting task. So talk to me a little bit about the, the role of your experience of, of being a guy that, um, Doris, there's no two ways about it. You could play the game, you could score, you could pass, you could skate. You were, you were a hockey player, like legitimate skilled hockey player. Um, but then took on this, this kind of other role and now you're starting, you know, you do it as much as you did, even in junior, coming out of junior, guys know, right? And now you're in pro, guys are bigger, stronger. Tell me about the evolution of being a fighter in your mental state um, from early on until that very first year of pro and, and what it was like for you, like the day of a game, the night before a game. Like, were you a guy that was stressed, anxious, looking, see who's on the other team? Who do I got to fight? Are you watching video? T- t- talk me through that if you don't mind. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think, you know, just – I wanted to, I wanted to play, and I, I thought, you know, there's, you know, you, you got to earn the, the the trust and respect of your coach right away, and the ways you do that is, you know, be a good teammate, stick up for your teammates, um, get noticed, do things that other people aren't willing to do, and and, and I did those, and then, and then once I got that trust and respect from the coach, that's when I would start to show my skill a little more because once you once you get that, you get a little bit more leash from the coach. You know, if you make a turnover or take a bad penalty, and you know, I took a lot of bad penalties. You know, but I, I you know, the the one thing that I when the coaches would tell me I have to quit taking bad penalties, I'd say I understand, and I I try and correct it, and you know. But I also drew a lot of penalties. There's not a yeah. there's not a stack at well there is now with analytics, but you know back then there was no analytics that had a stack, you know a, a column that you know penalties drew, you know and and no I, you know I bet you I drew two or three penalties a game by you know people either whacking me in the back of the legs or getting frustrated or you know so it, it, it a lot of the coaches that I had always gave me a little bit of rope because they knew I would do whatever it took to win and whatever was you know if they they and it takes time to build that trust and it, and it did and you know I, I would say early on in my career you know fighting i didn't think twice about it like i i it didn't bother me i didn't it didn't bother me to get beat up i, I didn't get embarrassed if i got beat up i i always believed if you you win every fight you show up to you know uh you, you, and and i had that you know mentality but you know it, it does wear on you you know it, you know and you know i, I early in my career i never looked at it and been like oh i'm gonna have to fight this guy tonight and actually it, it never in my career i did because i never ever felt i had to but i a lot of times i did just because i respect the, the other guy that was asking me to, to fight you know and um you know I, I think you know as my career went on you know i think I started to, you know, once I had kids and, um, you know, it, it wasn't something that I always wanted to do, but I, at that point in my career, I, once I had kids, I was also, I didn't have to, I could pick and choose, you know, I didn't have to fight in preseason. I didn't have to do those things because I already established myself. Um, but it, it, it definitely wears on you. You know, I, I mean, you do, you do get anxious. You do, you know, when, when things are, you know, sometimes it, you know, when I was on teams, when I had to fight out of my, my category, my weight category, or, you know, you know, I played on some teams where there wasn't anyone else that, that did it. And I, and I was, you know, looked upon doing it and I, and I would do it, you know, and, and, you know, I always go by the mentality too. don't ever ask someone to do something that you're not willing to do. So I would never, 
you know, I would never, I've had guys that I've got mad at on my teams that, you know, you know, fight him, you know, they're pointing at me and it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa buddy, you know, p- pick your own body. Like you don't, you don't, I will fight for you, but you don't, hmm. you don't put me out there like that. If a guy's going after you, I'll, I'll, I'll look after it. I, I, I could read the situation, but don't, you know, don't throw me out there. Like, you know, and don't ask me to do something that you're not willing to do, you know, and that that's, it's kind of the way I went about it, but you know, I, I would do it over a hundred times, you know, there you, go. you know, was there some sleepless nights? Yeah, sure. You know, when, when you, you, you know, you know, you're going up against St. Louis and, you know, Ryan Reeves, I mean, he, you know, he, he big tough guy. Yeah. You get a little anxious, but you know, but I was willing to do it. And, um, you know, I, I, I kind of slowed down towards the end too. You know, the 20, the 20 fight major years were, were hard years, you know, in the shoulders and the back. And what about the head? head? What about concussions from just from fighting? I, I, you know, I, there's times where I've been hit and, and definitely you two, three seconds later, you're like, Oh, I'm in a fight. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, but you know, I, I you know, the, looking back yeah i mean I, I probably have more concussions that are diagnosed um you know one thing i did when i when i did finish playing i went down to the brain plasticity place in, in orlando florida and got checked out just out of my own comfort paid out of my own pocket and you know just you know got them to check me over and i'll probably do it again in five years just to you know make sure that you know i'm not you know trending in a way that it, it doesn't but you know that it shouldn't be trending and you know I, I i definitely yeah i get headaches sometimes i get you know but i also had my neck fused and yeah. have a bad back you know so but for, for saying all that you know i would do it over I'd, i i would do it all over again and, but i i would do it on the, the side you know now that's you know i'm i'm helping a player development coach you know so i'm yeah. helping so if i knew what i knew today you know, being on the other side, how much, you know, more I would have done to, to live that life that I did. And, and um, it, it's the best, I mean, it's given me everything I have, right. It's, uh, you know, um, but you know, I wouldn't change it for the world. I have, I've yet to have a guy on the show and I've had some guys that, you know, fought in the NHL for a long time, like the heydays, like some of the old, old guys. And, uh, they all say the same thing. They yeah. all say the same thing. I wouldn't change it for the world. And there's a, um, you know, I don't talk a, a ton about concussions. I've had a lot of concussions too. Some from hockey, yeah. some from not. Primarily, the the majority of the time when my bell was rung, it wasn't because I was fighting. It was because I wasn't paying it. It was like a, a little shoulder to my head when I wasn't looking, or my neck snapping back. It was it was incidental contact that I wasn't ready for that that really provoked it. So I was just curious um, what your stance on that was. And and while we're on the topic, there's I'm gonna have to backtrack because I'm. That's just what happens on the show. But <laughs> um, what's your stance on fighting in the game today and where are we at? And actually, first off, did you fight Revo in junior when he played for the Wheaties? No, I fought, I fought him. I fought him his rookie season in St. Louis. Okay. But you never, you guys never connected in junior. No, I know. Um, I, I, you know, no, I didn't know. I don't even, I don't remember, you know. I, I don't know if we even played against each other in junior. May there may either way I was out of the lineup or he was out of the lineup or, yeah. 
you know, I think, you know, we all obviously medicine had switched to the, from the, from the, you know, so we went West, you know, like we went to the central and, you know, we didn't play the East as much as we normally did, you know? So, you know, I, I, I don't re recall them in junior um, yeah. or playing against them in junior, but I did, I do in St. Louis and, you know, I fought him. I fought him when he was in St. Louis and it was his rookie season. It was a marathon of a fight. Like it was, a, it, it was a, great fight I, I and i would say it was a probably a draw which is a win for me <laughs> you know you know and, and he would always ask me to fight again right and 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 you know i probably would have fought him again but the following season you know i fought him late in the season we didn't play st louis again and that following season he fought uh karkner one one punched him colt nor broke his orbital bone and he fought one other big guy that you want one punch, another tough guy, um, Derek England. And, and, you know, I fought Derek England three or four times, but, you know, I, I mean, I, I just, he kept asking me to fight and I, I, there was no way I was fighting him again. You know, he, he was knocking out all the heavies in the league, like one punching him, you know? So I was, I was just like, no, I, you know, that I, I'll steer clear of that one, but you know, so he's you, a guy that I respect, you know, tremendously, he, you know, look at what he's doing in the league now. I mean, he, he's a, he, he contributes every night. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, I, I remember him predominantly in junior cause I used to chirp him to be honest with you. I was like, like, who yeah. are you? You're there, and look at look at the career he's had. Right. Like, yeah. and I same, same with you. Like I have a ton of respect for, for what he brings to the table uh, every single night. And, and I really believe that it's a lost art in our game of hockey. I didn't want to say it before I asked you, but. Well, uh, and, and you, you asked me that question. I didn't really answer it. I, I truly believe that there's a, there's this place in the game for fighting. And, and I, I am one of the old school guys that I think the you know, it, it's a, it's a, it's a safety thing. Let the guys police it themselves. I always felt tough. And when I was in Columbus, I felt tough. You know why? Cause I dared bowl beside me. You know, like if I, if, you know, like I knew if I couldn't handle it, he was coming in, you know, and, and you know, when I, when we were in Syracuse with John and our ass, he's in a car with Tommy Sestito, like felt comfortable. You know, I, I did, you know, like I, I knew no one was going to take liberties on us. I, you know, and, 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 you know, I, I just, you know, I, I think there's the concussions and, you know, guys can run around and hit and, you know, and, and, I see it. I see it all the time now. Like you see these guys going into scrums. It's dangerous in those scrums. And the reasons it, it's dangerous is because they don't drop their sticks or their gloves. Like yeah. even if you're not going to fight, you know, like it. Like sticks, sticks are made like up in the air, and guys are getting tripped and swung around, and guys are some guys are getting sucker punched because they, they can't hold on when they got their gloves on. And it's uh, you got to protect yourself and you got to protect your teammates. And you know, I think there's a place in in the game for fighting and. That's why you see guys like Ryan Reeves who are so valuable to teams that because there isn't many guys out there. Tom Wilson's like there isn't many guys out there that are willing to do that role. And and it, when 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 there's guys that start to figure it out that are, you know, decent skill and can skate and have a decent hockey sense, but the, and they're going to be willing to fight, they'll they'll have careers for a very long time, you know, and that's, that's, you know, Brandon Prost, uh, you know, in, in, when he was in New York, he signed that contract for two and a half million bucks. That's, that set the market for me when I went for my contract, you know, and, and, and because there wasn't many guys then that, that could penalty kill and play the game. And, and that's when they started phasing all the big boys out, you know, like the, the, the six, six, you know, two sixties, yeah. you know, that, that couldn't really skate and move, but they were tough, you know? So, no. 
but I, I think there's a place in the game. Yeah, well, great. I, I agree. And like, I, I don't know, it's debatable. Like three fights, is that too many in a game? Uh, do we change that? I, I don't know. I don't know about three fights in junior. I think when you get to the NHL, we're, we're a little different. Now, nowadays, nowadays, I don't think we're going <laughs> to. Next time you see someone that fights three times in a game, send me a message. I want to. I want to give that guy a tap on the back. I don't like I did. I did it twice in the American League. I actually fought four times in the game because I fought in warm ups once too. But I just it, I just did that like three weeks ago in a senior game. By the way, yeah, you know. So just but you know that I don't think I don't think anyone's getting ejected for three fights in the game yeah. anytime soon. Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right on that one. Um, I want to I want to kind of get into um, you know your time in Vancouver and and in. You know, you spent time in Columbus. You went to the Rangers. That must have been unbelievable. You probably have tons of stories about New York. If you care to share any, you can. But I kind of want to get into, um, we can circle back about that, but about uh, December 5th, 2016, right? Like you, that's the that's the night that they announced um, that you were going to be indefinite, sidelined, um, got the neck injury, Talk me, talk me through that a little bit, and and what happened there, and where were you at mentally when going through that, and and was there a chance for? I know you did a comeback, but in your mind, what would doctors saying? Was there a chance for you to play hockey again? Yeah, I mean, it, it, so I, it, it all started earlier in that season in LA. I forget the exact dates. If, uh, I thought harder to probably come up with it, but I I took a. Braden McNabb was coming to hit me in the corner and I seen him coming so I went to give him the cold shoulder and I, I did give him the cold shoulder and he, I planted him on his ass but it also felt like I broke my you know collarbone again and my the arm just went numb and then you know it took about a couple hours for the you know numbness and tingling to, to go go away and you know I rehab missed a few games rehabbed it and then came back and it flared again and then you know rehabbed it came back again less of an incident more of a push same thing happened rehabbed it again and then it was just like a push on the hips uh like playing against arizona i was the guy just was kind of pushing off of me not even anything and i just slung my head back and both arms went numb so went down the hallway trainers and they just, you know, doctors came in and they said, we got to figure out what's going on. You know, this is happening too frequent. And, and so I, I seen a few uh, neck specialists and surgeons and uh, everyone said the same thing. You know, you, you, you have a, narrow, a narrowing of your foraminals and you, you know, got a, a herniated disc and, and whatnot. So they, they recommended this surgery. So I, I had the surgery and, you know, at, at at that point, you know, when you it's your neck, you you, you think uh, this, you know, it could possibly be be it, right? And they could could be done, you know. So, went in and they assured me that you know it could be a successful surgery, and it, and it was. It, it, you know, I rehabbed it and came back and played, and you know, unfortunately, it, it just didn't hold up. I bulged and herniated the disc, you know, a year later, and um, you know, it was. Uh, it was tough, you know, and, and the, the, the toughest part, you know, about the whole, like, it was, it was a long couple of years, you know, it was, it was draining, you know, I mean, you just, you, there's so many ups and downs it, through the rehab and, you know, you, you, it's, it's just, you, you work so hard, you know, I worked, I worked extremely, extremely hard through the rehab process and there'd be days that I felt great. And then I'd come in the next day and I'd be working out, doing my, doing my training, doing my, you know, core exercises, doing things. And then I'll tweak something, 
something else and it's like oh geez you know and then it's like five steps back and then it, you know there was there was a lot of emotional times where you know sometimes i was in tears in the gym through my rehab and then you know because it it, it felt like it was going good and then it would set a setback you know and, and then i i you know trained really hard and i came out and i was having my best year of my career i was playing 15 16 minutes a night i had like seven eight goals or something like that and you know i was i was playing unbelievable and um you know, it just, it just couldn't hold up. And, uh, it, you know, so I went and I had a bald disc and a herniated disc. And, you know, at that time I was just mentally spent, you know, I was just, it was exhausting, you know, the, the, and, you know, you seen you seen Andrew Luck, right. I seen his press conference and he just re up and retired. And it was like, you know, the, the emotional toll, the ups and downs. And it, it was, it was just a lot, you know, and, um, you know, the Vancouver Canucks treated me great throughout the whole process. And, you know, the, the players were unbelievable. You know, the twins went to, to the coaching staff and said, hey, Doris, he can come around all, you know. So the, the remainder of the season, even though I was done playing and I had basically announced that I was done for good, you know, I'd still go down in the rink in the morning, toss on my workout gear, walk around with a coffee, sit in on the meetings. And, you know, it was still one of the boys. And, and, and if I didn't have that, I don't know where I would have went with it. You know, it was, it was a, it was, it was a lonely time. Not, not a lonely time, but it was unsure, uncertainty. Absolutely. And, you know, it, it all just comes crashing down and, you know, yeah, I mean, it it was, it wasn't hard. And the next, you know, I always thought I was a guy that was going to be prepared for when, when it was done, but you know, I wasn't, you know, and, and, cause I have other passions in, in real estate and business. My family's very entrepreneurial and um, you know, I, I thought I had it figured out, but you know, I didn't. And it was, it was a tough few years, you know, and um, you know, it, it didn't end there. You know, I, we came back to the U S and, you know, my mother-in-law passed away on us the night before Thanksgiving and with a, with a heart issue. And, and then a year and a half later, my wife got diagnosed with the, the, the heart condition too. And, you know, so it, it, it was, it was cause I, I was going to step right back into the game right away. And, you know, it was, uh, it was, it was hard. And, and, you know, a lot of people too, like, you know, the, the, that's the year the, the twins retired and, you know, they're so great to me throughout their whole retirement stuff and, uh, you know, getting the puck and Jersey retirement, but also the night before that, all that happened, the, the, their last game in Edmonton, you know, uh, the humble Bronco bus crash, you know, we're, you know, and, you know, so it, 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 all that, like, you know, but that even, you know, is, is, is tragic as that is it, it helped me because it made me realize like, you know, what I was going through was nothing. You know, I, I went to, I went into Saskatoon to the hospital and visited some of the guys that, you know, survived and, and their families. And, and, you know, I wasn't going through anything, you know, the, the, mine, mine was, you know, a retire, like I was retiring it after a, a 10 plus year career in professional hockey, you know, and um, these families, you know, and, and, their teammates, they lost, you know, it was so that uh, there's a lot of things that were going on in, in, in life and that like that one, you know, it made me realize how fortunate I was to, you know, play the game that I got to, you know, that I loved as a kid. And, um, but, you know, you know, everyone goes through, you know, tough times as, as, as you know, and, you know, you, you just got to find a way to deal with it. And, 
and, and just keep trucking right and and know that people are there to support you and and you know there's help out there you just have to you just have to find those people that that, that you can lean on absolutely very well said and i'm, I'm sorry that you you know you went through all of that and, and the injury and um very very good to put it into perspective as tragic as all that is sometimes when we see um others going through something it can put us kind of in our place to say hey this might be hard i might not be feeling great about this it could be so much worse and and you know like i'm gonna i'm gonna make it through this uh, you know i'll be better for it in the end uh, but I'll tell you, from the people that I've talked to, whether it be guys like yourself who played for a long time in the NHL, um, several guys had like that I've talked to had like pretty big contracts and stuff, like money, and doesn't matter. Like when you lose something that you've done your whole life, it's just not easy. It doesn't matter what you have to fall back on or this or that. Um, I don't know if there's ever a time that it is ever even easy even if it is on your own terms to say hey you know i'm gonna go in a different direction because i'm too old or this or that or whatever an injury it's very um you said lonely and then you kind of took it back and i'm wondering if you said that because you did have family and supports around you but at the end of the day i i think that for me my experience it was lonely because even though i had family people that wanted to be around me and support my whole life, I was used to being around a team and this environment and, and all of this. And yes. and when that goes, you know, and I felt I took great pride and I'm sure and I know you did too, sticking up for your teammates, doing whatever. Like it was just like you knew, right? And you kind of had this purpose. Um, and it was it's been your purpose your whole life. And all of a sudden, you no longer have that purpose. It's very, very difficult. But it seems like you've been able to uh, transition. Uh, I don't know uh, a ton of details. I'm sure there's been hard times, but I've uh, been able to transition relatively smoothly. I may be speaking out of terms here, um, but you're taking taking your passion uh, of hockey and you're now uh, doing some player development uh, with the Columbus Blue Jackets and their organization. And also, I think, an under-14 team or a high school team. Tell us a little bit about that and, and, and how are you enjoying that side of the game now? And, and are you... Like, do you still have a party that that wishes you could still be playing? Because a lot of guys, they're not quite ready to to be done. Um, did it take you a while to come to terms with that, Doris? And 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 how are you with the the coaching role now? Yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously, there like there was a lot of ups and downs. There, you know, there, and that you you know you said it that that team atmosphere and and you know I was searching for the longest time, and that's. You know, fortunately, fortunately, I I I met a a great guy, you know, here in Columbus, Brent Reitzel, and he took me under his wing in in the development game. And and actually, how I met him was I was looking at looking at his house. I was looking to buy his house, and 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 I you know I mentioned to his daughter was the realtor, and I said I mentioned that I was looking to get into real estate. And when we were looking at the house, and she said, oh, you should talk to my dad. He 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 he's a developer, and so we you know we met and. And, you know, I shadowed him for six months. And then next thing you know, I had a full-time job with them and, you know, I met great people. And then, and then I was back in that team environment. And that's when I felt, I felt alive again, you know, and then, and then, you know, um, you know, I had some coaching opportunities uh, before that. And I just, I, it was hard for me to watch hockey. It was, it made mm-hmm. me, it made me sad. It made me like, I, I was missing out. I felt like I, I could still be doing that. I, I should be still doing that. And, 
and it was hard, you know, and, and I had a great support system. And, and sometimes when people go through it, they don't. And, and, and that's why I, I've learned, you know, through my times of uh, when I was playing is just, you know, everyone's going through something and, and just, you know, sometimes, the, you know, everyone always wants to have the words to them when, when someone, you know, and it's not, you just got to listen and, and, and let that, you know, let them say stuff and just support, and, you know, um, but, you know, then I, then I, when I was doing the, the real estate stuff with, with Brent and, and then I, you know, someone, they asked me if I would help out, you know, with the high school hockey team, but I had a young family at the time. And, you know, I was, that's when I was starting to think I wanted to get back into player development or back in the game, you know, in the Western Hockey League or, the, you know, in, in the NHL. And I said, you know what, I'll help out when I can. I can't, pro- I don't want to overcommit myself. And then, you know, I got out on the ice with those kids and I loved it. You know, I, I, I didn't miss any, I didn't miss any practices. I didn't miss any, you know, any maybe a couple games on the weekend when I had family commitments, but you know we went to the final four. It was it was unbelievable. It was it was uh, and at the, when we lost in in the final four, you know I said to these kids, I said guys, I you know because they're all thinking you know you're thanking the coach coaches right and and I said I you know I don't want you guys to thank you I I or, I, I don't want you guys to thank me. I want to thank you guys. You guys don't know what you've done for me. And I, and I teared up. I was, I was, I was emotional. I said, you guys, you know, this game of hockey is what I built my career and my life off of. And I had lost a passion for it. And you guys have brought it back, you know, and, and that's, that, that's when, you know, hockey, the, the, the fire lit again for me. And, and, you know, I'm only a couple of years, few years out now and, you know, I had, you know, so then I went and coached in Medicine Hat through the COVID season to get back in and, and make sure that's exactly what I wanted to do. Willie gave me the opportunity to do that. And uh, the Columbus player development thing came up and old teammate, great friend, Rick Nash is the director of the player development side. And, you know, Yarmo and uh, uh, Kekalina was the GM when I, when, when I was with Columbus and then he actually traded me to, to New York. And so he knew me and knew what kind of person I was and player I was. And, you know, they, they've given me an opportunity to, to do it. And, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm taking it day by day. I, I, I love being back involved in hockey. My, my, my kids are starting to show interest in it. My oldest kid loves it. My middle son is, is starting to play. And so I help out coaching that. And, you know, I, I still help out coach the the high school hockey team when I can. So I go to mostly practices just because I travel on the weekends to see our prospects and you know, with the Blue Jackets. But then I help a Triple A team uh, that another teammate of mine coaches, Feder Tutin, and you know, I just love I, I I love giving these kids knowledge and and giving back to them to to hopefully a few of them. You know, I don't even care if they go on just life lessons and, and yeah. you know, of of how to treat people and be good people and, you know, show manners and, and be respectful. And, and um, you know, there's a lot of things in, in, in life that aren't that, you know, that we forget about, you know, and it, it, it's just it's a crazy time right now with COVID even. And so the way some of these kids are struggling with school and, and stuff like that. So it's. Um, you know, I, I found my passion in helping, you know, coach and, and, you know, in, in a sense, a teacher, you know, and, 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 right. and I love it. And, um, you know, I wouldn't change it for the world right now. 
I love it. I love to hear that, man. And and just you can see and hear the passion like behind it when you're talking about it. And 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 it is right. Like you're you're developing players, like hockey players, but it goes so much beyond that, right? Like it's not not all these players are going to go on to to play junior or pro hockey. Maybe some of them will, and maybe there's another Derek Dorsett coming yeah. coming your way that that is going to get passed over, and you can just be like, hey, man, keep going. Look at me, keep going, and maybe he'll squeak through. But at the end of the day, it's not even it's just about being a good mentor, being a good role model. Like sometimes that is way more, it is way more important than the on ice development to me, at least at that age. Well, and, and, and the thing too, is that, you know, hockey's, you know, it's under fire for the way some of the, the some of the things in the, in the past have happened and rightfully so, you know, and rightfully so. And, and I get asked it all the time. Like, uh, do you have any hazing is, in, is, mm-hmm. incidents or anything that people did against you? And fortunately I didn't, you know, I was, I was lucky enough that, you know, it didn't, um, you know, I, I still got you. Don't worry. Loud and clear. You got I got me. you. Yeah, sorry. My, yeah. my Air, AirPods just died. Um, you know, so, you know, luckily, you know, I, I didn't and, and people, how can, how can we change that? And I, and, and I have kids, I have three kids, seven or going to be seven next week, five and three. And I always tell them, I say, it, it's my job to instill the confidence in my kids to know what's right and wrong and everyone's right and wrong is is you know different but it's my job to instill my values into my kids so that they're confident enough that they can stand up to what's right and wrong they're right and wrong and if and 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 be and you know if if it is standing up to the person that's trying to haze them or or bully them knowing that hey it's okay if you get your ass kicked you know, yeah. it's it, it. Dad, Dad will not be upset if you get your ass kicked. You know, you, you have nothing to be ashamed of if someone's trying to do something that is is the moral. You know, that is wrong. You know, and so it's it's up to the parents and and the teachers and 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 to it's no you know and that's what I said to my to my high school team last year. I have an absolutely no bullying policy. Yeah. I, if I see it, if I hear it, you're done. I, I don't you know and. And, and, and if, if there's an issue with it, then I don't need to be in this situation. You know, I don't, I don't need to be here trying to help if, if, if I'm going to have to hear it from parents or, you know, whoever, like you're done. If, if you're bullying and, and crossing the line, it's, you know, and, and so it's up to the, the teachers and the mentors and, and the parents to, to instill confidence to, for the kids to know what's right and wrong and, 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 and not put up with it. I, I love it, man. And, and it's, it's very important. It's very important because there's times, you know, where I'm sure, you know, I also, you know, when I was younger, did I partake, partake in some bullying? Probably for yeah. sure. Right. Like everyone does, kid, right. Everyone does. Um, but I also got picked on, especially when I was in like my first year of the, the Western hockey league, I left. A lot of people don't know, like in the league, my team knows I left because I was like losing my mind. I wanted to like kill myself. I just was having a really hard time at 17 in swift current. And I just, I was like, I got to go home. I didn't tell the coaches or tell players what was going on. Cause it was like, I can't tell people like what's going on. Like that, that was 2004. Like we're not talking about this right now. I just got to go home. And, and when I came back, I got, you know, I should have maybe just said, been honest with the team or whatever but then i started to get like really picked on i got it bad in swift current at different times and it really started to affect my not just my hockey but then even more so my mental health and i started to hate going to the rink and started to like resent the older guys on the team and it was like all of that and it made it really 
it made it harder. Right. Yeah. And I just got an email. Like I, I get a lot of messages and stuff of, of hockey players, just people in general, um, you know, looking for support or someone to talk to, or do they want to share their story? And I love it. Um, but I got one just last night, just before I went to bed, I got an email, long email from a parent. I've been doing these talks, uh, zoom talks. Um, I did, uh, a, few of the teams in Estevan and uh, other junior teams and minor teams sharing my story and kind of like, you know, just sharing experience, trying to do exactly what we're talking yeah. about. I got an email from one of the parents because I always tell the parents to sit in, like if it's not a junior team and it's like a 14 to 18 year old yeah. range, I'm like, parents sit in on this. Like, you know, I'm going to talk about a lot of stuff that might be valuable. It might not, but what does it hurt? And so I got a, a message from a parent and just going on about how like, you know, his son is, you know, worked so hard to get to this team. Now he's on this team and he's getting picked on. He's getting bullied. The coaches aren't doing anything about it. He, the kid's starting to, to act, you know, uh, having, I don't even want to say, but you know, yeah. starting to have suicidal tendencies and, and talking you know, and starting to like, not like hockey. And it's like, wow, like this is a, a 15 year old kid who's yeah. now experiencing this and it can be so just it's terrible so i love to hear um i think everybody needs to adopt that policy and i think people make mistakes maybe there's cases where but yeah you know, and, yeah, and, and mistakes are going to be made you know everyone's going to make mistakes but it's also how you react to it or yes. how you how you react to it how you how you, you know how, how do you deal with it and 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 you know everyone and, and everyone deserves a second chance you know like and you know but you you just it's up to the, you know, I'm, that's my number one goal in life is to make my kids so confident that, that they know the difference between right and wrong and they, they stand up for it and, 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 and stand up for other people too, you know, like, uh, absolutely, you know, man. You know, and, and, and it's a, it's a tough world out there right now, you know, and, and I, you know, I, and, you know, I haven't said it throughout this podcast, but I've listened to a lot of your, your, your podcasts and, and, you know, I, 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 truly appreciate and, and what you're doing and, and the, the courage it takes to, to come out and talk about, you know, the struggles that you went through. And I mean, it, it, it helps so many people, you know, and um, uh, you know, it's just, it's good stuff that you, what you're doing. So um, I, you know, I just wanted to mention that in there too. Thank, thanks, Derek. I, I, I truly, truly appreciate it. Thank yeah. you. Um, I know you're tiny. You got three kids and stuff. Your wife's probably like, hey. No, the kids no, are I, I got not, they're, they're in bed. I got nothing. No, I know, but the wife's going, the kids are in bed. Are we going to hang out or, or yeah. what's going on? But there's yeah. some people watching and, and just a few. I'm just going to get to a few comments. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, Tipo Nine Hockey, which is actually Matthew Meanser. He's from Argentina, watching in Argentina. Quick plug to him. He is originally from Buffalo, New York. He's been on the show because his story is so captivating. I had to bring him on my show. He moved to Argentina and he's taking, um, and while we're on this topic, actually, anybody listening, okay, um, he's in Argentina in like the southernmost part of, our, of, of South America. It's like the end of the world, okay? And he has brought like hockey to this area. He's a he's a wood uh, woodworker, carpenter by trade. He's taken these trees that only grow down there, and he makes wood hockey sticks for the the population because they don't have gear. And if they get gear, it's like super expensive to ship yeah. in. And, and the, the the community is like lending goalie pads, and they got the roller hockey and now the ice hockey and everything. However, I was Matthew is having a really difficult time. 
um, with equipment. He's not even liking running practices because some of the kids are getting injured. So I am going to try to get, I got a couple of buddies that own sports stores and different things. We're going to try to put together something for these kids down in Argentina. I'll, I'll share you some of the links yeah. there. It's incredible what he's doing down there. And these, these kids just have such a passion and, and shout out. You remember Stan Smeal, obviously. Yeah, so, so, so steamers, steamers, little brother, Dean is um, surprised. He's not watching. This is like the one show. If Dean, if you're watching, throw up a comment. He watches every show. He's a good friend of mine. I know that he, um, the plan was uh, he has a junior B team in Alberta and he was actually going to bring up the two best players from Argentina to spend a month, you know, with the team, ride the bus, do the whole thing and everything else. So it's a really, really cool story. So shout out Matthew in Argentina um they're going doing uh going through a couple things from earlier about the partnership thank you everyone for your support with minor league madness if you didn't hear it go back and check it out you'll be hearing a lot about it coming down the the pipe and i talked about you talked about the humble broncos tyler smith he's uh now a friend of mine doing doing some good work with us uh stuart smith watching who recently came out here to visit me and i had never met him before assistant fire chief in abbotsford where the world was ending says good saskatchewan kid naming all those towns bring a tear to my eyes former uh Weyburn Red Wing of the uh, SJHL, now a fire chief in Abbotsford. He's watching. Uh, my buddy Carson Grant from Comox Valley Dodge uh, says, looking good, boys. Um, what's up, Cars? Uh, Igor Shesterkin says, the concussion story is fascinating to me. Um, Brandon Garner says, didn't Dorset fight John Scott? Twice. That's crazy. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> let's go twice yeah twice he says that's crazy the, the second one's a funny one the, how it happened too i mean uh, so it, it, john scott kind of hit it was in vancouver john scott hit me in front of san jose's bench and and kind of had me leaned over and joe thornton was sitting on the bench and me and joe always yapped at each other and and he uh he goes you won't fight him you won't fight him and i said oh yeah and like yeah, so i i just turned around with my gloves off. I grabbed him. I fought him. I, and I, I was in the fight. I was looking at I told you I would, you know. <laughs> oh, that's classic. I didn't, I, I don't, I don't think I ever, I, I threw one punch in two fights against him and I don't even think it came close to hitting him. So uh, whatever, man, you stood, you stood in there, man. Yeah. Most people would not have done that. Uh, Igor also says Reeves, the guy everyone wants on their own team, but I hate that he isn't on the Canucks. Um, Back to Matthew says, fighting has a place in hockey as a skills coach. I have no reason to teach it or tell my students to do it, but I defend fighting in hockey in every conversation that comes up. That's the guy from Argentina. Yeah, I don't think we need to teach them to fight in Argentina. Not yet anyways. Um, Igor also says, Dorset was one of my favorite players back in the day. He's a Canucks fan. Um, My dad is watching. Scout for the Saskatoon Blades. Yeah, it says, great interview. Yeah. he also says, come visit the end of the earth, Dorset. My dad says, we need to get you on for another show. Uh, yeah. Von, Von Penley says, great show. Good message, guys. That's, uh, my buddy from, that's my buddy from Kindersley. Oh, yeah? Lives in Swift now. He's in Swift? Yeah, he lives in Swift now, yeah. Oh, crazy. Awesome. Thanks for watching, Vaughn. I appreciate you uh, tuning in. Um, my buddy Brody's watching, too. He says, uh, appreciate your time and conversation tonight. Great guest, Brady. Love hearing some of your guys' past and your past in the game. Uh, he says, glad you found your passion for the game again. Um, uh, just, It's awesome, man. Uh, just to be able to reconnect with you after you know all these years and, and yeah. just to see you 
what's going on with you. What's the next step? Like, are you, you're, you're right into this. Uh, are you, how often are you with Columbus then? Like on, is this, uh, with the team? Are you so in the yeah, so, team? So, and- I mean, I, um, you know, during the, during the season, like, I mean, I live in Columbus, like I'm in Columbus right now, but tomorrow, tomorrow I head to Quebec city to see a prospect we have that plays for the ramparts and, um, you know, and so I, I, I'm on the road probably eight to 10 days a month, something like that, 12 days a month, something like that. Um, you know, working with the, the prospects that we we already have. And, um, you know, when I'm home, I go to all the games. I go in when I, you know, when I'm back, I go back into the office and, you know, do reports, watch, you know, with video now and in stat and you can watch just shifts and you can, you know, you can really critique the stuff and, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in the rink, you know, every day that I'm home and, and, and whatnot and, and around there, some of the guys too. So it's, it, it's, it's been awesome. That's, it's, it's pretty awesome, man. I think there's, um, you know, got, I like whoever you're going to see in Quebec, these guys have so much, um, that they can learn from you and, and, and all of that. And, and I think everybody can, and I just ask, you know, if there's a, there's a kid out there that has a dream of playing in the NHL um, right now. And, and maybe that dream seems a little bit far, um, but, but it's achievable. Maybe he's in the, in the, in the junior ranks or, or wherever, what, what would be your advice? Like, I know you said, do something to stand out and everything, but if you could really give somebody one piece of advice, is there one thing that, that you learned um, either early on or after that, that, you know, made a difference or could have made a bigger difference. I, you know, I, I, things that I think that, you know, can separate kids and, and get them an upper hand, you know, there's so, the kids are so skilled now. I know. are so skilled and so, they skate so fast and, and all that. And I, I sometimes think the competitiveness is, is, not there you know they all want to you know do the stuff with the you know the decoys on the ice and look at what i just wrote look what i just wrote on my page yeah yeah toys on the ice yeah you know it's you know but you know it's getting in like you know competitive drills and and i i love the i love the the pep stuff and 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 whatnot the stick handling there's a place for it but let's not forget about you still got to compete i mean if you can compete and consistency being consistent is is you know just a huge like if you can be if you can be competitive and skilled and skate well and 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 think the game and if you're competitive i mean it will take you so far you know that's, that's that what took you eh? Yeah. that's that's really what what drove you away eh? was that competitive edge right yeah. like just, the other yeah. things too but yeah and and you know i just i think you know i think sometimes the the one thing that i always i always ask is you know do you work hard you know like and you get the yep i work extremely hard you know and and they do they 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 work hard but lots of lots of times they work hard at things that they're so good at already yeah that was me too You you know yeah it's easy it's easy like you know i when i got to you know medicine hat i was 163 pounds when i got to the nhl i was 170 or to, to training camp i was 175 pounds like look how small i am <laughs> like you know and so so i mean and 
and then finally I figured out, Hey, I gotta be a, I gotta be a, a beast in the gym. Like I gotta, I gotta be top five fitness. Style. Like I gotta, I gotta be able to crank it in the gym, you know? So I, I worked extremely hard there and, 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 and I still worked at my game too, but you know, don't work hard at what you're already really good at. Work hard at what you're not good at, you know, those, yeah. those other skills and, and, you know, it, it, it'll take you a long way consistency and competitiveness i that's high on my my uh grading skills awesome I, and it's great advice man it, it's it's great advice and you know i was always guilty of that too you know practice let's see every and, and everyone is you know like i i it doesn't feel good to suck I, at I remember, something, right? I remember, like you know, junior, like we didn't really work out, and and medicine hat, we we got like you know, a, some bikes and a, a, you know, squat racks and stuff. And I remember we'd had we had these workouts, and you were supposed to do it after games if we didn't play the next day. And you know, I remember being the funny guy, like going in there and you know, doing you know three naked pull ups and three naked squats, and I'd write that down in in my workout. And then Willie calls me and he's like, "Hey, really, like." three naked squats like well like are you, you think you're the funny guy you know you're supposed to be the leader of the team but and i was the leader of the team you know it's just those immature things that you do yeah. when you're that age and it's like you i sit there and look back at it now and i'm like what a donkey you know like, right like if you don't have that relationship with willie that could have something that simple could sink a guy right oh, yeah. Like if well, a guy didn't and, like and, you and and and, and there's there was probably guys on the team if they did that they probably they probably would have been out on their way out of town. That's but, right. You know, again, it went back to that thing. I had Willie's trust and respect because how hard I played. Yeah. Lots of times, lots of times, I couldn't work out after the games because I was banged up. <laughs> you know, so that that that's basically probably how I got out of it. I said, you know, Willie, I can't I can't go in there and squat after the game. My hips falling off. I, I you know, yeah. did you see me get smoked and or do you see me go hard to the net and hit the post like, you know things like that, that, you know, so that's probably why I got the rope of, uh, of it, but, and I was, and I was the 20 year old, but, you know, and that's, it goes back to, you know, what we were talking about, you know, you being 17 and sort of current, like, that's the tough thing about junior hockey. You put 16 year olds with 20 year olds. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a big, you know, 18 to 20 and then 16 to 17. Like that's a big maturity step, Huge. you know, and, and you know, to, that's why you got to have a, like junior teams have to have extremely good cultures and, and and standards and and good people running them. You know, that's it's just um, so. Yeah, yeah, and but, you know, I don't know what the culture is like in in junior hockey, and and I think if sometimes it's not always an equal playing field as far as resources and money and different things. You take a team like Swift Current, no disrespect. I love the Broncos. I love my time there, even though I had a difficult time. At the end of the day, I had a I had great billets, and, and thank you for bringing me to this because I have to share this story with you. Thank God I did not forget this because Dale Weiss would have killed me Weiss. if I forgot this story. I was talking to him today. So the it was a it was an ongoing joke in our dressing room. It would have been your 20-year-old year. And so I had the billets, the Curse Lakes, bless their hearts, unbelievable people. Their, uh, I think it was Mary Beth's dad, um, mom and dad owned this farm. I forget where about it, you know, 45 an hour away from Swift, wherever. Anyways, this old guy, really, really awesome dude. Like the kind of old guy that you want to talk to when you're talking. So anyways, one day we were playing, um, I don't know if we were playing you guys or, or whatever it was prior to 
us fighting. Um, yeah. Anyways, and I had brought like six guys over to the house for breakfast. I used to make everybody eggs and everything else and whatever. So we're all sitting around the table and there's six guys and in comes this old guy and he's going off about the game that you had last night. And he talks like this and he's like, you guys hear about that door set? I'll tell you, he's built like a fire hydrant. He's a mean bastard. <laughs> Just like that. You said mean bastard like four times. And we were like, I'm sitting there eating eggs. We're laughing. So for like the whole rest of the year, our whole team's like, you know about that door set? He's a mean bastard, right? <laughs> like me and we still, we still like, we, we didn't talk for a number of years. And like, it's still an inside joke where it's like, you know, he's a mean bastard built like a fire. Hydrant. He went, this guy went off on a rant, but he was like, He's tormenting the league. I'm telling you, he's a mean bastard. You guys got to look out for this guy. It was so funny. All the, all the people in Swift Current are, are in management, and they're all upset because they had the chance. Sam Sarson, they had a chance to – Tim Tisdale was my, my AAA coach. They had the chance to sign me. I, I mean, I was right – Right down the hallway, and they 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 didn't even they didn't, they thought that I was a bad character. So, um, man, there's uh, it's I, I don't know, man. I, I think you know everything happened exactly. I think the way yeah, you know, that sure. it that it had to happen. Like I, you know, I, I'm gonna wrap this up fairly quick. Yeah. I would love to, I would love to get you on again sometime. Yeah, down sure. road. I know you're busy and stuff, but you know oh, to yeah. just pick your brain and and more stories and and yeah. kind of just where hockey's going and and all of that. I could talk to you for forever, dude. <laughs> like I feel like, but um. Now I forget what I was even going to say. There's my, are you forgetful? Like, do you forget? Yeah, stuff? Yeah. I, I forget yeah. my short-term memory is just cooked. I got a yeah. great long-term memory, no short-term memory. Yeah. Um, there was one thing that I wanted to, to ask you um, prior to uh, hopping off, but now I forget because um, I do that. Couple, uh, couple more comments. I just want to get to yeah. before we go. Stuart's watching says, uh, <laughs> Today's players skating around with the toys with their heads down. Big time pet peeve for me. Me and me and Stuart actually. So you know the fire chief that I was telling you. He flew out here. That's him there and me. Uh, yeah. Just right here uh, a couple of weeks ago, and um, you know we had a great conversation about this. And I watch all of these kids on the ice, and like their head is is down. Like they're they're doing all these moves and this and that, and their head is down. And I'm just like, I, I got no time for that like maybe a little bit like if you yeah. want to practice that stuff on your own or whatever but like man when you talk about the competitiveness like we're talking battle drills and stuff like if you can't do that you will not last i don't care how skilled or whatever yeah. you can't compete and battle for pucks there gets to a there gets to a time in hockey where that skill it'll come in handy but it's the little intangibles of the game, like getting pucks out and getting pucks in and winning faceoffs and blocking shots heavy, and battling. Heavy on your stick. Heavy yes, exactly. Like yeah. those are the things that people like, I had no idea as a hockey player coming into junior, I'd never done these battle drills. Like uh, at least me, like I thought I had, but I had no idea like what a real practice was like. And, you know, you kind of figure it out as you go. But I, I, I tend to agree with you, and you've seen it. I haven't seen it as much. These kids just don't know how to compete like they used to, at least the majority of them. Some of them, I can't say everyone, but it's or is, is hockey trending in, in the right direction right now, you think, Derek? Like, are you a, like, are you a fan of the game? Like, now, you, I know you said you had a hard time watching. I know you're in the rinks all the time, but are you a fan of the game? Like, do you enjoy watching hockey, or is it, are you watching now because it's your job? And yeah, everything? no, no, I, I, I truly love it. I, I truly love, you know, the process of helping these kids, you know, try and live out their, 
live out their dreams and if there's any bit of advice I can give them and you know help them along the way to live the life that I got to live which was unbelievable I mean you know um so yeah no I, I like it I I think I think the game is you know I think it I think there's changes that need to be made and I think that you know I you know I it I mean that 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 conversation can go on for days you know but I, I you know the one thing that I do notice is they you know that there's going into some of the junior ranks and and whatnot the entertainment like the 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 fan experience isn't isn't that great they got it they i think they got to start like you go to some of these college games and it's just amazing like the atmospheres they got the bands playing they got you know it, it it's it's awesome you know and you go into some junior games and, and rinks and it's it's quiet they're not even i mean and i, I know we're coming off a pandemic we're in the middle of a pandemic and you know, so some people aren't coming but you go to some and it's just like it's a snooze fest you know yeah you know the, the you know and i and you get the you get the real old people you know you know old school hockey guys are like well they took fighting out of hockey and it's it killed junior hockey and i don't believe that the, the skill level is so good and you know they, 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 I, not I, you can't tell me that everyone was going there to see a fight i mean the western hockey league yeah there was fights but i mean we would go five, six, seven games in, in Medicine Hat without a fight, you know, so, and the building was still full, but, it, you know, so it's just, you know, you got to create this a little bit of buzz and, you know, with, with social media and cell phones and the instant gratification that these, that everyone gets, you gotta, you gotta create some, some environment and some, you yeah. know, enthusiasm in the stadiums to, to get, you know, to, to get it back. But I, I think hockey's in a great spot. I, I mean, it's it's an unbelievable game yeah it's isn't it man like yeah. I, and you know you said it earlier and i know i keep saying to wrap it up but there's uh you know you're you're not with where you are without hockey and and no. looking back and everything and to be honest with you like you know my my life went totally i was totally disconnected for hockey for 10 years but without hockey without the hockey community my experiences from from you know battling competing whatever it is it yeah. kept me alive for a long time yeah. and and helped me fight through all that shit away from hockey yeah. and now because you know i've been able to put myself i'm coming up on two years clean and everything else and i'm put here put my story out there like not everybody has that support right like and sometimes it's you know we need more and it's more like okay well people are around it's not just about the the social media or whatever but just to know that people have embraced my story the hockey community i am forever grateful and indebted to without them you know i don't know if i'm even sitting here i i know i'm not sitting here today alive even having this conversation with you so I, there's so much good that comes from hockey two final questions favorite rink to ever play at other than kindersley because if you see my hometown rink is my favorite rink. Yeah. i don't know if yours is too but yeah. um you know uh, Favorite junior rink, favorite NHL rink, and one player you played against that was just like, wow, this guy is so, so, so good. Yeah. Um, favorite junior rink, I'd have to say, I, met, I mean, Medicine Hat, that old yeah. Barney Medicine Hat, and, and they tore it down this year. Oh, did they really? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. it's going to be a condo development now, I guess. So, uh, um, but that, I mean, that barn and just the, the, the fog that, yeah. I mean, it was, I mean, it was unbelievable. Um, and then NHL rink, I think Rexall. I, I always played good in Rexall. We, I grew up an Oilers fan. My dad was a diehard Oilers fan that went to all their playoff games in the 80s. Like, you know, so I, I went there a lot as a kid. 
um, played the, the last game ever in Rexall. Um, cool. You know, so I, I think Rexall, and then um, I think, yeah, I mean, there's no better player that I've ever played against than, than Connor McDavid. He's just, I mean, the speed he does, the speed he does it at, and and I mean, you know, it, it, I, 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 he's the best player to ever play the game, and, and yeah. you get again, I get in these arguments with my dad and. and you know, the old school guys, when I go back home and we're sitting at the, you know, the red line in Kindersley and they're like, oh, there's no way Gretzky, you know, I said, and I said, guys, I, res- I, res- Wayne Gretzky's unbelievable. Like I respect everything Wayne Gretzky did, but Connor McDavid does it 10 times faster, 10 times. I mean, it, it, it is absolutely. And in an era where goals are a premium. Yeah. You know, I, like, I mean, you know, he is, this Connor McDavid isn't coming and, you know, slide it on and the goalie's going down on one leg and kick going for the kick. Big slap shot at the blue line. He charges 20 yeah. feet, one pump. No. Bacon but, and, 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 and God, what Wayne Gretzky did is, is absolutely. Oh, yeah. And his, I don't think his rec, some of his records will ever be touched. Yeah. Um, but Connor McDavid is uh, something else. I mean, it's, I, I honestly, I, I watch it and I just, I laugh, man. Like I, I legitimately laugh at some of the stuff he does, but I can only imagine being, you know, on the bench or on the ice or whatever. And, and actually, cause it's, we all, people that watch hockey, uh, it looks fast or whatever, but when you're on the ice, it was my first game back from, from neck injury was against Edmonton and, and me, Brandon Sutter and Marcus Granlin were the shutdown line against them and we shut them down and, and, I, I basically just I shadowed him the entire game and frustrated the crap out of him and, and held him they we held him pointless. And uh you know that that's honestly that 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 just that game, the the confidence that I got from that game, uh, I truly believe it led me to, to to have seven, eight goals or whatever. I don't even remember what it was, but seven. You know, yeah. Seven goals in twenty game, twenty one games or twenty. Twenty. Yeah. You know, like that's you know, you know I was gonna smash my my I was on pace to smash my career high in goals you know in points you know so, um, but that that game gave me the confidence like wow you know, you know, you know everyone was talking about it and it just makes you you know confidence if you confidence is is everything in in, in the sport you know if you got Absolutely. confidence it's it makes things a lot lot easier. Absolutely. Okay, listen, man. I we've been doing this for like an hour and a half. I could talk to you all day. Yeah, um, but I listen, I like from the bottom of my heart, dude, like I really, really appreciate this. Yeah, I've had, anytime. You know, like yeah. it's it's been something I've been looking forward to. I, I followed you like probably closer than I care to even uh admit. I mean, there's times when I had no idea what was going on, but there was times when it was like, hey man, like I just watched your career and and I just was yeah, no, a little bit, little bit of envy, Doris, but I'll tell you, there was other guys that I watched and I was like pissed off. I was always super proud of you, dude, because I knew yeah. that you, I knew that you deserved it and that yeah, you no, put your, that. that you put yourself out there for yourself, for your teammates, for the fans every single night. And you brought it, man. You brought it in junior, you brought it in pro and uh, it, it always looks so good on you, man, to just to see you. Uh, succeed and and I just think of Mrs. Martin, you know, telling her you're going to play in the NHL as an unlisted uh, last, you know, midget triple A team kind of yeah. going on. And 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 here we are, man. You know, 500 yeah. plus games could have been even longer 
um, but an unbelievable career. Seems like you're on a great path. I'm super proud of you and uh, really grateful uh, for this conversation. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. And like I said before, you know, good stuff that you're doing and keep going. Congratulations on, you know, being clean for two years and, you know, doing good stuff. So, uh, you know, anytime, anytime you want or need me to come on or whatever, just uh, send me a message and, and we'll work something out. Thanks, buddy. And yep. quick final plug. I don't know if you remember Mike, Michael Wachturl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, he's watching. He was, he was another uh, he's couple. Too. I had a couple of good ones of him, too. He's, yeah, he was a, he, he was a his, tough He customer. might have been my first one when he was in Everett. My first dub, dub fight back in the day. Crazy how it all comes full circle, eh? But what yeah, yeah. Mike Wachturl? I, I had yeah. to, I had to throw that in there. Anyways, Doris, man, uh, thanks so much. And, uh, I'll, I'll keep following your journey yeah. and, and I look forward to doing this again soon. Yeah, sounds good. Okay, thanks, bud. Yeah, All right, guys, that's uh, Derek Dorsett. Uh, man, great conversation. I know all of you guys enjoyed that. If uh, you're watching on YouTube, smash that like button. If you're not subscribed to the YouTube channel, please do so. Um, I know a lot of people watch on Facebook, Facebook Live. Um, really going to try to transition out of Facebook to just YouTube. And then of course, all the audio is available. Uh, if you're listening to audio, same thing, please subscribe. If you're, if you're listening, I greatly appreciate it. Um, couple things before I say goodbye, you guys know me, I like to talk. Uh, I don't know if anyone's seen this video. Now this video is old, but I, I kind of wanted to, to just play it. Uh, Cause a little plug to, to Doug McLean who drafted uh, Derek Dorsett. This was uh, from a few months back. A hat. This, is, this was given to me by Brady Levo, who started this group called Puck Support. And I'll tell you what, it's a great organization. Brady sent me this. Uh, That's it, awesome. This, I've been on Brady's show. Brady is uh, a kid that played uh, major junior hockey, was with the uh, the. Tampa Bay Lightning for a short time, had, had uh, some major drug challenges in his young career, and he's taken this upon himself to help families who have, who have had challenges and lost, lost young players because of mental health. This hat I have on has a logo on the inside of it with Todd Dewan's name on it. Todd played for me in St. Yeah. Louis, and he That's had, right. you know, obviously we lost Todd a number of years ago. This T-shirt has, oh, my God, Bob Probert's name on the inside of it. And that's what they do with all the things. So, look, if you can check it out. That's uh, a little plug from Doug McLean and Nick Kiprios. I don't believe they're doing that show this year. I'm not sure why. I got to ask Doug that. Uh, but Doug's going to be on the show again in the near future. Thursday night. Two episodes this week, Thursday night. Um, I have one of my very best friends, certainly from my teenage years, uh, in David Rutherford joining the show. Uh, just another one that I've been waiting, waiting, waiting to get on. Um, him and I go way back, way, way back, and we have a lot to cover. He's recently retired from professional hockey. I also have Todd Minerson, who is the head of Movember Canada, joining the show. That will be next Tuesday, 9 p.m. 
right here, Facebook, YouTube. Um, excited about that one. And following Tuesday, I'm excited to announce that I'm going to have Ryan Russell and Steve, a.k.a. Oli Postonin and Jakob Ardown from On The Bench. If you don't know who On The Bench is, I don't know where you've been these last couple of years, but these two guys are going to come on. Um, I think probably start in character, but we're going to get to meet uh, Ryan and Steve a little bit more um, and, and their journey into uh, what they're doing with On The Bench, which is some of the funniest content um, out there, in my opinion. And I'm kind of excited to lighten it up. I have no idea how that interview is going to go. Um, it's going to be fun. I'm super grateful for their time. They're huge. Probably some of the biggest hockey influencers on social media um, these days. So that's really exciting. Tomorrow, tomorrow I am off work. I am headed to the Rink of Dreams in North York, just outside of Toronto, Ontario. If you've watched or listened to the show or follow me on social media, you've seen me at the Rink of Dreams this summer. The Rink of Dreams is now... Uh, fully covered in ice. They have the refrigeration plant outside. They've got a mini Zamboni. And tomorrow, I have the ice all to myself. I've got a goalie coming. Uh, I've got Caitlin coming, uh, who is uh, one of the best uh, women uh, hockey skills out there. Uh, She's in the Sportsnet commercial. She's going to come out, do some stuff, do some videos and stuff for puck support and that, which is cool. I got my uh, guy, Josh Balderson, coming down, driving like three and a half hours uh, to uh, to come pick me up and take me down there. We're going to get to actually meet and chat and, and move see how we move forward with all of this. Um, also got a videographer coming from the VS group. So we got like a lot of cameras, um, really exciting time. And most importantly, tomorrow I get to see David and Elise who own the Rink of Dreams, who are just... Honestly, incredible people. They've opened up their backyard uh, to so many people in the course of the last couple of year anyways, maybe even longer, uh, just to encourage people to be on the ice. They don't ask for anything. They just, it's, I don't even know how to explain it, but I'm going to show you guys a video. This was taken the other night. And if you don't follow the Rink of Dreams on social media, follow them at the Rink of Dreams. So that's where I'm heading tomorrow with the crew. Very grateful um, to to David and Elise. I, I messaged her yesterday, two days ago, I guess, or the day yesterday, or the day before, and I said, "Hey, you think you can squeeze me in?" She's like, "My schedule is wide open for you anytime." And I'm just like, "Wow, um, you guys are so kind. Uh, it's gonna be." It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, very much looking forward to it. it. It is honestly just about getting photos and videos and that kind of stuff. It's not about going out there and, and playing around, even though I will. Um, but just the reason why I share that with you guys is because 
You know, there was a not too long ago when I would have never believed that I would have been invited to places like this again. Um, be welcomed uh, into people's homes and, and lives and all of that. And, and just, uh, I, I honestly, it means a lot to me. Uh, and it's not just them, it's, it's several people. Uh, but it's things like when I realize where I was and where I'm at, there's still a long ways to go and I'm gonna go. But I'll tell you, there's hope in there. And there's hope in there for everybody. It doesn't matter how far you've fallen or what you're going through. If you're willing to do the work and make a change, get honest. I always say that. It's to me, my biggest issue always was being honest, uh, especially through my addiction, just saying, hey, yeah, you know, this is what's going on. I, I, it was really difficult for me. I held on to it for a long time and just kept lying and saying, no, this, no, that, or whatever. But after I got honest and started to just share, um, amazing things have happened. Amazing things. Friends, uh, relationships, gifts have literally fallen from the sky. Gifts have literally fallen from the sky. Are there things in my life that I, that I don't have? You're damn right. I haven't talked to my kids in several years. It weighs on me heavily every single day. But I don't focus on that if I don't have to because I just keep putting one foot in front of the other in hopes that by doing so it will give me an opportunity to be there for my kids when the time is right for them because that is now where I'm at with all of it. It's not up to me. It's up to them. But what is up to me is how I conduct myself, the choices that I make, what position am I putting myself in so when that day comes that I can be the best version of myself for them, for everybody. And it's, it's a process and it's been hard, but there is always hope. There is always hope. There's somebody fairly close to me that is, uh, going through something right now. And, and he or she is, is going to go, uh, and get some, get some help. And I just couldn't be more proud of that individual. And, uh, I won't go any further. It doesn't matter at this point. I would just ask that everybody, all my supporters and, and listeners, um, keep this person uh, in their prayers uh, because it's uh, it's not easy, but it is possible. And um, there's people out there that care, and I'm one of them. So uh, anyways, if you're struggling, don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on yourself. Nothing changes unless there's changes. We can't expect to keep doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. In fact, that is the definition of insanity. Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. I'll see you guys Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern with David Rutherford. Be kind, stay grateful. And remember, have a great day if you so choose. Oh yeah, I'm stable. Oh yeah, no label. Oh yeah, you know me. I have only a path. I'm lonely, but damn, I'm going to break. I want no shit. I want.
for real stuff Everybody listen up Cause I'll only say it once I'm gonna show you all the path If you want it bad I'm gonna show you every side Yeah, how you can get it back Yeah, cause I ain't never done I'll be number one Working hella hard until I get just what I want Yeah, rise just like the sun Yeah, fade like a gun Shooter's gonna shoot and I'm gonna shoot until I fall yeah. Always do it alone So I gotta get through it And the only thing I know is to love what I'm doing Never give up, never slow Till I finally prove it Never listen to the no's I just wanna keep moving Yeah, I put out all the start It's my only medicine Yeah, everything I do I'm just being genuine Yeah, I'm sick of being screwed Feel my own adrenaline Yeah, I do just what I do And I hope you let me in Let me in, yeah I'm grateful, oh yeah, able, oh yeah, I'm stable, oh yeah, no label, oh yeah, you know me, I have only a path, I'm lonely, but 